This generation has been causing us to tear out our hair. But I am a millennial. Every fucking time one of them does the slightest little thing, they fucking celebrate as if they fucking accomplished something huge. I'm a millennial. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a millennial. So I want everything to evolve around me. Self-interested, unfocused, lazy. Millennial. The most educated generation we've ever had. Millennials put a lot of value in development. We want free food and beanbags. When was the last time you did something that really scared you? Um, a long time ago. Like panic zone. Okay, this is personal, but I'm uh, I'm afraid of uh, throwing up. If I'm in a close, not on the street, but if I'm in a closed place and someone is feeling ill, I get panicky. That means that I have big problems going home, commuting home on um, a bus or subway or anything uh, late at night, especially Saturdays. <laughs> Yeah, because people are like throwing, close to throwing they're up. They're right and left. It it sounds funny. It, it It's not, but it also is because I understand it. It's stupid. But yeah, I have created this skill of just knowing if someone will throw up. Like it's a sixth I'm sense. A, it's a sixth, sen- sixth sense <laughs> <laughs> what I have. No, seriously. Like it has happened about three times now when I'm like, this person will throw up. I will just go somewhere else. And then like 10 seconds after that, I hear them throwing up behind me. So if you ever need to throw up, I can maybe look at you and then, you know, you can And release. then you can do it. <laughs> yeah. You can charge money for that. <laughs> we'll save that for later because that's very bridgeable. The last time I was in the panic zone, I had to do a Pecha Kucha, which is this presentation format where you have uh, 20 slides mm. and each slide is shown for 20 seconds and then it moves on. So, Stressful as so, fuck. So I have to plan yeah. exactly what I wanted to say. And I had to do it. Uh, it was th- three weeks into my current job. I was so uh, insecure and un- uncomfortable. I had to do it in front of 100 strangers at a conference in uh, London. And it was, I was panicking like a motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> How do you look when you panic? I don't think that or people do do? can see it. Okay, yeah. it. It's just this feeling of afterwards, I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> I can't remember the last five minutes of my life. It must be fun to talk with you while, while you're panicking. Yeah, but that's we should do should, an experiment should, on that. Yeah. Should put you in a Pachacucha situation. Or no, another, like next level. Next level. Pachacucha 2.0 situation. Poof. Poof. Hello and welcome to a fresh and new and shiny episode of Millennials at Work. It's me, Edita, and my friend here, Rasmus, talking to you in your ears, like every Tuesday or every week, or maybe you're just binge listening to this. What do we know? What do we know? We have no idea. We have no idea. How but we we're very happy that you're listening. If you tune in for the first time, you probably want to know what is this all about. And then I want to say that Millennials at Work, which is this podcast, is all about how to be and handle millennials at work, uh, what we want from our workplace, how to be our boss, and just everything around being a young professional. And that is who we are, young professionals. Exactly. Very professional professionals. And that's what we do. That's what we do. And we professionally host this podcast, which has a lot of different kind of topics throughout these now 18 episodes, have to say. There's like everything, starting from LinkedIn and LinkedOut to Tinder. There was something like that as well. And there was facilitation 
I, I won't go into all of the topics. Today we have a great gig, I would say. Oh, I see what you did there. It's amazing. I'm getting really bad at my bridges. No, you're getting great at it. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. I think the quality of them are decreasing. There, there may be there are more of them, but now I'm going more for the quantity than quality. Yeah. I would go back. I need to go back into the quality. I disagree. I like the quantity of them. Okay. Anyways, we're talking about gigs, but not really the gigs is like, I guess when I say a gig, I mean music. Uh, in this sense, we would talk about gig economy and the gigs. What we do is like small jobs, uh, things for some extra cash. Or sometimes proper cash. You never know what it becomes, right? No, we don't know what kind of gigs you're doing out there. <laughs> no, who, who knows what kind of gigs are you doing out there? But it's it's a thing that is very close to millennials, I think. Because we are supposed to be that one generation that really kicked off um, this gig economy thing. After recession and us coming out from colleges and high schools and into the working world and understanding that, oh, there's not enough job for us here. I would also say that we're the first generation where it's really possible, where you have yeah. the technology and the platforms to uh, facilitate all these um, gigs. Mm. Gigs. G gigs. Exactly. Giggity. Giggity gigs. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let, uh, let's check in. Let's check in before we dig deep into this. Dig in the gig. <laughs> no, that was a good one. Edigy, I want you to check in on topic for today's podcast. And I want you to check in with your favorite gig economy service. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. I have to say Airbnb. Is that really a gig economy though? Yeah. I, I, that's totally my side gig. Yeah, yeah. I'm renting out my apartment when I'm away for a few days. And that's like the best thing ever. Because you're away, the only thing what you need to do is like change your sheets and put like, okay, I clean pretty excessively, but uh, still, there's not that much work for what you get out of it money wise. And also a lot of like, a lot of like good appreciation from the guests that the reviews have been really nice so far. And they all say nice things about interior, which is really nice because I got it all from Ikea and, and um me and my boyfriend were not the biggest design interior experts, but when people leave nice reviews, it's very, very nice. Airbnb is... Um... I, uh, I accept your check-in, oh, but thank you. I do want to challenge. For me, it's more sharing economy, not really gig economy, but uh, I'm not one to judge, so uh, I'll let it slide. Well, I could also say that gig economy is just part of this eco economy. Ecosystem. Ecosystem, exactly. Where there's gig economy, there is sharing economy, and there is gift economy. So three of those. What is gift economy? Gift economy is when you do something for free for someone, but you know that the value, what you get out of it. For example, I do something for a person who I really appreciate in the in the business. Uh, he or she will maybe shout out or shout out, <laughs> shout at me. No, they will maybe... Endorse you on LinkedIn. Endorse me on LinkedIn or just be a good contact in the future um that is gift economy okay i accept yeah all right thank you but then it wasn't really good argument for my side because now i just said that those are three different yeah, things that's very true <laughs> but uh you're Airbnb. bold you're bold back I'm bold uh, for me it's uh, fiber okay. i uh, have used it a few times for projects i actually did it for our uh, or for my creative application for really? hybrid island what, what what did you use it for? 
I did a uh, case video where I bought the speech from a British guy. Oh, like a recording. Oh, yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I sent him a, a script and then he uh, read it out loud and oh. I put it on the video and I got into Hyper Island. Yeah, I haven't seen that video. No, it's really Why good. Why haven't I seen that? Nice. Yeah. Well, maybe put it on uh, in uh, Instagram. <laughs> Probably not. No, let's not do that. <laughs> no, let's not do that. Anyways, gig economy. Let's dig in. Let's dig in the gig. What is gig economy? What does that mean? Uh, I'm no expert, but for me, it is when uh, we buy services uh, from other people to do a specific job. And the job has to be quite short, Hmm. uh, a fixed amount of time. And then normally it's facilitated through some kind of platform. Hmm. That's gig economy for me. Hmm. I agree and I would contribute to that with saying that Given an example, I'm a company with, or let's say none of the people in my company, uh, my employees are experts or know how to do this one single thing that is very important for the project that we're doing. Obviously, I cannot really hire a person to do this job because what will he or she do next month? I just need this one single, like, let's say, copy for the website done, but I don't have a copywriter and I'm not thinking of introducing copywriting as a service or an offer as I do. Therefore, I can go to one of those um, gig economy sites or maybe just ask a freelancer um, who I know to help me out in this. In that way, that becomes his or her gig for my company. Yeah, And uh, it's a win-win situation, mostly, sometimes, not always, but it can be. Some examples of uh, gig economy services or companies uh, is... For instance, Fiverr that mm. uh, I mentioned, which is a website where you can order anything from logos to um, copy to speak to um, video editing to like it's more of a creative uh, platform. Mm. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of stuff you can. You can ask buy for. a lot of things there. Uh, it could also be uh, a service like TaskRabbit, where you get people to. Um, do a specific task for you. Hmm. Uh, I think it's IKEA who recently bought TaskRabbit. Really? Yeah. Um, what kind of tasks would that be? I'm not really. That could familiar. be anything from picking up my groceries uh-huh. to hanging up uh, uh, a picture on my wall to uh, putting together my IKEA furniture mm-hmm. to uh, delivering this uh, package for me. Mm. It could be anything. Uh, a task. Um, it could also be Uber. I would mm-hmm. say mm. where people drive around in their car and they pick up strangers and then those strangers pay for Mm. the ride. Have you heard this uh, mystery customer or sometimes it's called secret squirrels thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's also a gig economy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, When uh, you, let's say, you own a restaurant. I used to do that, actually. Really? Yeah. I went to this, uh, I went to restaurants in London all the time. Do you get free food also? Mm Mm-hmm. That's an amazing. I mean, uh, in a, in a certain like they, they give it's you not like mission and stars you go to. N- no, no, and also like you don't get maybe you get enough money to like have a proper meal, obviously. Okay, so you only get the meal for free. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so still. it's kind of like good if you want just a night out. Yeah. You're like, okay. So how it works is that this go test these ten tequila shots and five <laughs> beers <laughs> and rate them afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's say if I have a restaurant and I, I in some way I want to know obviously how my staff uh, 
how they're working, how well are they with customers and all that stuff. I don't want to be this weird, creepy boss who puts on cameras and recording devices because that's just not cool. Then I rather um, ask these secret squirrels or mystery customers or mystery shoppers, whatever they can, they're called, um, to come in and act as normal customers. They are they they are normal customers, but they they have an agenda. So. You are there and you need to ask specific questions or maybe like then give a rating or on, on like friendliness and, and, and how are, like, I don't know, whatever, like how good was the food and, and how quickly do, were you approached and all those things. So that's, that's, that's gig economy as well. Mm. What's your relationship to gig economy? Yeah, now when I think back, I've done a thing or two i'm also been walking dogs not walking dogs but like yeah having dogs over on at my place dog sitting yeah dog sitting yeah that's what it's called um a few times here in stockholm um then there was this mystery shopper thing that was really strange because i went into like i was i was supposed to go so this was my university years in london and uh i was very international energy I'm super international. Yeah. I was also super broke at that time. Like super broke. I like that about you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Not that you were broke, but that you're international. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for liking that part. And uh, yeah, so so I needed some some cash. And what the... And they you can also be a mystery shopper um, and go into clothing stores. But then you don't need to buy anything. They just pay you. And, and there was a shop, first of all, in an area where I... I didn't know it at all because it was so posh. It was, I mean, like, I don't know, what could it be? Like Mar- Kensington, maybe? I don't know, a posh area in London. Uh, and a shop where I would never, ever buy anything because I just like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. So I go in and from the first second, you can tell that the person knows that, or, you know, a minute in, she kind of understands what's my agenda here because. Okay, really? I I just didn't look like like the regular customer of that place and she was really nice you know she didn't like show it off that she like understands but you know when you go away and you get, have this feeling of like yeah we both know <laughs> what just she happened. saw straight through me uh but but those are the, those are the those are the times when um I use it previously now I'm also thinking of it a bit in a more serious way I guess and talking about podcasts um I've started to help others with their podcasts, so uh, cutting and editing, and uh, together with uh, my boyfriend, who's also mixing this podcast, um, we are helping other people to get faster to professionally sounding uh, podcasts, what they want to run. A quick plug, so if you're mm-hmm. looking for someone to help you with your podcast, DM. Eddie G is your, uh, your woman, straight I'm to the DM. Yes. Um, so I guess at the moment I'm I'm trying to have a more professional, sustainable relationship with gig economy, um, establishing this part where just trying out how it is to, can I freelance? Because I've never really 100% felt like I could be a good freelancer because I like the idea of knowing forward what's happening. But on the other hand, it also gives you a lot of freedom, obviously, and a lot of freedom to plan your time, and which is super nice to be honest. So that's where I am. How how are you with gig, gig economy? I haven't done any gig economy, but um, no, not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I don't think so. But 
my relationship with it is that um, I think it's a great way to take away the things that you don't want to do in your life. Mm. Um, like the test, and, you mean? Or? No, more like how can I make my life even better um, through different services. Uh-huh. For instance, I was home uh, having dinner with one of my colleagues uh, a few weeks back. And uh, they have people helping them with everything from cleaning to hanging up, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, not a closet, but a... Shelf. A shelf, exactly. Um, and all these kind of things like picking up your groceries and all these kind of things that you okay. have to do. But in order, if you have the money to, yeah. to spend, then you can save so much time mm. on getting someone else to do it. And they get paid you get more time. So for me, I think it's a great way to um, take advantage or not maybe take advantage, but um, utilize all uh, the people in the world uh, to get uh, more time on our hands. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes it much easier as well. If you wanted the cleaner, if let's say you you are at that point in your life and you have enough money and you don't want to spend your precious time into cleaning your apartment or house or whatever, then you actually kind of had to hire someone or go through this like bureaucracy with going through some weird company and doing that. And all. that's why a lot of people also have paid people in, is it called black money, I guess it's called, or mm. under the on table, the 30, under the table uh, which is not great. So, and not saying that these services pay people sufficiently and all that's, that's a different kind of definitely conversation. Yeah. But in general, there's so much more space for those kind of businesses to pop up and for us also to everyone to use them. They become cheaper. Um, it, I guess at, at the end of the day, it's kind of healthy. Yeah. For, for, for them, it was also they have a, a young boy and it's also to get more family time. Both yeah. parents work quite a lot. So why should they spend um, five to ten hours uh during the week to do all these mm. tasks that they can actually get someone else to do. Mm. And we're all in different stages in our life. Uh, as you mentioned, at some point uh, you're young and you don't have a lot of money, then you can do certain things for other people that have money. Mm. Then uh, when we grow, grow o- older and we get a job, then we can uh, pay then the young people. <laughs> yeah. uh, so in that sense, I think it makes uh, it, it makes total sense. Um, to really get most out of uh, the capacity that we have here in this world. Um, and also because things get automized and it's not just getting a job like that. No, yeah, people need some kind of way into the job market and that's that's one way of it, you know, and kind of like very straightforward and hopefully a good and healthy way. I think actually that gig economy is the start of uh, a new wave of um, not business, but a new way of looking at the world where we buy things from each other more, like Mm -hmm. services from each other. We don't have to necessarily go through a company or these kind of things, but that we actually buy services from from each other, facilitated through uh, these Mm -hmm. platforms, of course. Uh, like there are things already like uh, if you own a car you can also kind of rent it out to someone else right kind of like airbnb but for cars those kind of things yeah sharing the things that we 
have and don't always put in use, it is a very healthy way or like sustain more sustainable than we like used to think before. So I think that's only only good. One thing that I'm thinking about um how I have looked at gig economy before, I think in a lot of ways is also this um way of improving your chances to get a better job because you can um you can create a better portfolio, you can uh, add some experience and all that stuff. Every time when I have actually tried that through services like Fiverr, I haven't really tried it, but I've like been very close to it. For example, because of I have a like a journalism degree, so I guess I can write some copy. So I went in uh, with this kind of idea that I will I will help people with copy. Turns out there's a lot of like these really really shitty jobs for really really small pay that like I just that there's no point of me doing that unless I'm like insanely broke. I also need to kind of compare my not compare but compete with other. Uh, freelancers there so it's like this it has to it it comes with a kind of a lot of hassle yeah hassle around it as well if you really want to make cash out of it so I'm not really sure where I stand with the whole yeah just if you want to become a great designer go on Fiverr and create 100 logos per day for someone I don't really believe in that kind of like attitude to work I guess there's some things that I find really problematic about it as well that fast turnover of things and that yeah you can get a logo from someone in 15 minutes because who gives a fuck but and i think that's also uh, i know that there was a lot um, a lot of talk about this within the designers community that Mm. now you can just get someone from a low income company or whatever you call it where people don't earn as much money where they charge a tenth of mm. what uh, we would charge here in Sweden. And that takes away a lot of the mm. jobs in Sweden. So there's definitely also that competition. Uh, um, I mean, generally, in the whole industry kind of brings the the level, maybe not not always the level, but like the, the, the pricing down and stuff. And some would argue that that's good, but it's also... Yeah, it's, it's, it's when you go out as... Um, as a young professional and start doing stuff, participating in this gift economy, right? And not knowing the border when you actually need to start asking for money for stuff because you're fucking it up for everyone else at the end of the day. If you go forever, like, I don't know, turns out you, I don't know, your parents are paying for your apartment, so it's all good and you don't need that much, but you're like, you can do um, things better, like kind of for free for others and up your game individually so that's sad. I think that's the, that's the sad symptom, not symptom, but the after effect of gig economy. I one of the things that I worry about is the lack of safety, because there is no safety when you do uh, gigs like that. No. You don't have an insurance plan. I mean, here in Sweden, we're quite lucky with getting uh, healthcare for free, all mm. these kind of uh, social benefits that we get, but in countries like. Just for instance, in the States, where um, it's completely different, where you get no social security uh, mm. through if you do gig economy. In that sense, it's not very good for the society. No. Yeah, it has become this thing where you, which you need to do because someone else thinks that you don't or understands that you don't have any other way to live and then like uses you in that kind of sense. Uh, which is, uh, that's pretty insane. I watched a video today uh, about this exact topic and it was so, 
So depressing. Um, yeah, but you go in the morning to this this one place, um, one company, and they kind of they they get these gigs. They're like a gig library, gig machine, you know. And uh, they know where to go. Who needs cleaners? Who needs this? Who meat packing? Whatever, like uh, factory whatever they're called uh needs people that day and then you just one day you can work eight hours at one place another day another place first of all you don't create any like safety net around that second of all you're penalized for uh sick days and all that stuff and amazon gotten problems recently about that third of all you also don't have any you don't have the same people around you. And that I think is a big part of why in general we work because we also want to go to work and meet people. And even if you are a freelancer, you kind of tend to find your crowd or, you know, do these kind of things. So there's a lot of like social benefit, not even talking about money, what comes with work and then like pushing people out of it can be really difficult. I agree. Like there's a lot of good things about gig economy, but there's also a lot of, bad things it needs some kind of safety system around it mm. and um i mean we're lucky here yeah of course we're very lucky here yeah. in scandinavia i mean even even as a freelancer you can still pay off all the necessary stuff and get 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 a lot of get a lot out of the system but i think as a freelancer you also you get paid more because you're a freelancer uh, because you don't have mm. the security and you don't have uh, all the benefits as you do have uh, when you're uh, a full-time employee. Mm, yeah, true. Um, but with gig economy, it's different mm-hmm. because the service that you're offering is most likely not very high demanding, mm. like driving a car yeah. or delivering food or putting up a shelf or maybe, I mean, putting up a shelf is hard these that days. Nobody can do that anymore. Yeah, so why is gig economy so so big among millennials? As that's it's also I mean we touched upon it a bit at the beginning. But yeah, why do why are we participating in it so much and why why in a lot of ways we kind of find it attractive as well? I think it's the freedom. Mm. I can work whenever I want to work. I actually thought about it the other day. I saw here in Sweden there's a service called Fodora. Yeah. And also Uber Eats, I think, where you... Food delivery. It's food delivery. So Mm. you go online and then you order some food and then they bring it to you, Mm. basically. Mm. Um, But I saw this guy riding his uh, race bike. And uh, I recently got into race biking and it it struck me for a second. So changing career. It it could actually be quite nice just to do some hours every now and then get on my bike just ride around the city and deliver some food earn some extra money and yeah. ride my bike it's like a win-win you get a workout plus work yeah so in that sense and also the flexibility is great when uh, now you and i are no longer studying but if we were studying then um, using the evenings on doing these kind of small mm. gigs to get in some extra cash mm. or in the morning or whenever you have time. Mm. Um, so the flexibility around gig economy, I think, is is a great thing. Um, yeah. I think what you're saying is that is interesting because there's also like those 
a lot of times we don't even want to do the job only because we need the cash. We also want to do something that is like, let's say, mentoring a, some kind of kid student at the high school. You know, that's a lot of like a lot of students do that. Um, taking care of dogs, things like would yeah, they bring you cash. But there's it's like this 50 50 thing when you're like, oh, it's a win win. Like I can I get some kind of like emotional <laughs> bonus with that. It's kind of like when you mentioned the Airbnb. Mm. You get some kind of relationship with the people who live mm -hmm. there. They say nice things. Mm -hmm. um, they get a chance to live in a real home here in Stockholm. Yeah. And these kind of things. So definitely. Yeah. I think that's linked to millennials. And we've talked about this before. That we need more than cash. You need to mm -hmm. think that it's purposeful or it's fun. or Cash is no longer king. Yeah, well, <laughs> to some extent it is. <laughs> it's it's some some days it's not the king, you know. No, we definitely need more, uh, or or we're more um, into those services that can bring us some value, um, and those also can be very those can be logos, you know. But then you have a purpose into okay, I know that I want to improve my portfolio, and I want a lot of things there within a year, so I'm doing that now. I, I guess, yeah, you find you find some kind of like, there's so many to choose from. That's the cool thing about it right now, that you can kind of attach it to your interests as well. So you don't really need to like go in cleaning if you wanted to, or only be a barista if you want a side job. You know? I think that's a, a kick-ass tip right there for all the creative listeners that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, a place like Fiverr. If you want to get experience on creating logos or becoming better at writing or whatever it is that you do, mm. getting some of these gigs, maybe they're not very well paid, but you get the experience. Maybe you can put them in the portfolio or you can at least show to people, this is what I've done mm. and use it as a way to learn. Mm. So in that sense, um, a platform like Fiverr is is great for, mm. for that also. And especially while studying and stuff like that. I read an um, interview with um, this uh, woman who is one of the founders of uh, the design studio Havraf, and uh, she had um, uh, she tweeted recently about the fact that uh, we should stop saying designers to do side gigs because you should just be able to work and have enough money out of that and 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 not work twenty four seven to get out of it. And that's true. I totally agree with that. I see these gigs is something else in uh, in the best of the worlds you don't need to do it because your full-time job doesn't pay you and you're just doing it for the money it's the same thing like you're doing that a for more uh experience in one certain thing or b because you also find that thing being super interesting or giving back to you in some kind of way very true Do you want to do the summary? I can I can try to do the yeah, summary. Do it. Yeah, give it a shot. So gig economy is <laughs> is an economy where we um where there's like certain small things that a company or um individual need help with and um uh, us as individuals can be of that help and 
earn some extra cash. That's why it's called a gig. So it's not a music gig, but it's like this work gig. And they're not they're not super regular. We're not going to the same place maybe the same day. We are it doesn't have a lot of safety around it. It doesn't really have an office and most of the times. I guess that's where the gig comes from. It's very uncertain in a sense. And that is one of the problems with the gig economy is that it comes with very, very little uh, safety mattress and all of all of the things why people do work <laughs> uh, for. On the other hand, it can come with a lot of good stuff as well. It can come with extra cash. It can, it can come with more experience and certain things what you want to improve. Uh, it can lead you to new jobs or like new open new networks for you and all of that stuff. So, and especially at certain points in your career, it could be really good to if you want to go into a new career, uh, completely change something. Why not? Why not go through that path? So, gig economy, millennials, we love it. And hate it. <laughs> and hate it. At like everything time. else in the world. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, There needs to be a balance, you know. Was that a good summary? I think that was a yeah. wonderful summary. Thank you. Thank you for that. Are you ready for the checkout? I'm always ready for checkout. LG, I feel like it's about time. We have uh, mm-hmm. been close to this checkout for a few times. But now I feel like we're there. We've reached the point where we can do this checkout. Okay. Do you know where I'm heading with this? I have no idea. It's time for some love bombing checkout. Oh. So for the listeners who do not <laughs> know, context. Uh, love bumping is when you say nice things about the people that you work with or you have been in a workshop with or in a process with or just say nice things. How, uh, what do you appreciate about them? Are you ready for some love bombing? Yes. Do you want to go or should I go? You go first because I um, I feel like I'll fuck it up really badly if I go first. That's the hard thing about love bumping. It's hard it not to fuck it up, uh, but I'll give it a try. Okay. Uh, Eddie G, I really appreciate that you took me on this podcast journey. Oh. I'm really happy that we're finally doing something together. Uh, we talked about this for the last two years that we need to... Get together and kick ass and take names and do something. And um, I've always admired you when we studied together. You've always been like, I want to be more like uh, that girl. And uh, we had a chance to work a bit together uh, at Hyper Island. And that was a pleasure. Um, I think that you're extremely uh, smart. And you think fast. And uh, you're also very direct. You say things that you mean. You don't uh, wrap it in, which is rare in uh, um, in this world. Oh, jeez. I also want to say that for the people that doesn't know, this uh, podcast is built uh, on uh, <laughs> or is lying on Eddie G's shoulders. She is uh, the head producer or pretty much the only producer. You get help from uh, your lovely boyfriend, Mikael. Um, you uh, get shit done. And you uh, write back, you create content, and you're really pushing this podcast forward. <laughs> and it would be nothing without you. And yeah. um, if you don't get a job soon, then something is completely wrong in this world. I don't know why people wouldn't hire you. I hope my next uh, employer listens yeah. to this. If not, you can, the... you can just you can just uh, wrap this up and send the, send me as a reference. <laughs> Just a little. I'll hype the shit out of you. (laughs) Thank you. 
It's very yeah. nice. Nice you're, to hear. Thank you. You're very appreciated. I can so I can come right back at you with saying that doing this podcast without you would be super boring, first of all, because it's really nice to come here every now and then and record this and it kind of I've been you know, looking for a job has its ups and downs. It's always a up kind of a day when when I come here and we record it because it's it uh, you help me get out of that vicious circle of my own thoughts and own kind of confidence dips and so on uh, and yet again kind of believe in myself with like always being super supporting and and kind of just like giving energy I think and sometimes you know actually quite often there have been times when you say small things that I don't think that you even think about it that much, but like that makes me think and then act on it and be proactive and kind of like believe in myself again. And I don't know how you do it, but it's like, I'm super thankful for that because it's, it's, um, not, not a lot of people have that. <laughs> not a lot of people do it. So it's, uh, I appreciate that a lot. Thank you, Edith. Thank you. This was wonderful. This was nice. If you want to love Bombas. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There's the bridge that everyone loves. Uh, yeah, head, head to our uh, D, DMs. We are on Instagram as mill underscore at work. Um, we love good words. We love also criticism because we can take it. Um, yeah, go to Apple Podcasts, review us, just interact with us suggest some new topics we're all up for that and we talk to you very very soon right? and we're looking forward to it oh yes thanks for listening thank you for listening bye bye i'm a millennial, I'm a millennial.